I don't believe it. He looked at it and the oxygen level come back to normal. See, when the Holy Spirit's with you and God's working, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. And so, but JB got the feedback, and the whole time I was in there visiting him, his oxygen level stayed up. So, anyway, I just, I just give praise to God that he allowed me and made the way for me to go in and see JB because I know it really helped him. And I got to talk to Martha a little bit and told her about kind of what had happened, what was going on, and she was very thankful. So, But anyway, y'all keep JB in prayer. Please, keep the church in prayer. Let's get everybody back. This message I'm going to do this morning is kind of relates to what's going on here now. You know, in the Bible it tells us that when the church starts falling away, people start falling away and not coming to church, you better get ready. Because the return of the Lord is just right around the corner. And we've got that we've got that Antichrist out there. He's already here. He's just waiting to come on the scene. But we need to get this church back. We need to get people in the church. They need to hear the word of God. Those that do not know the Lord, those that are not saved, especially, need to hear the word. And what I'm, and, and that's part of your job too. It's not just me. You're out. You're among people. You need to be telling people about Jesus Christ and he's on his way back and they better have their cells ready because it could be at any moment, any time. There is nothing that has to happen. There's nothing that has to take place before the rapture can happen, before Jesus Christ comes back. That's really the next thing on the agenda is for Christ to come back, for the rapture of the church to take place. Then after that, after the church gets out of here, all hell is going to break loose on this earth. You're going to have what they call the tribulation. We're on the edge of it right now. You can see what's going on. We're on the edge of it. So you better get ready. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have never accepted Jesus Christ, you best do it. Because at any moment, He can come back. But uh, I just want to start out. I, as I was... Wanting to do this, I, I don't know, something caught my eye. And it was about a missionary. And I, I said, well, I read that. It, it was fairly short. <clears throat> but this gave me an answer and, and led me to the sermon that I'm going to bring you this morning. I entitled this sermon, Unshakable Faith. Or a faith that does not quit. That's what we all need is that unshakable faith. We don't give up. You know, in the Bible, the Word of God says that we cannot please God without faith. We have to have faith in Him, believe in Him, believe that He is who He says He is, and He'll do what He says He'll do. That's believing that God is almighty and nothing shall be impossible for Him. But... uh, yeah, I read about this missionary, and his name was George Smith. And, and it is said that, that, that he prayed so much for his people that, that they found him dead on his knees. Praying for his people. And uh, it was said that he had only been among his people 
for just a short while. He was over in Africa, and uh, but he was forced to leave. He was forced. He had to leave. They made him leave. They did not want to hear the word of God, and uh, but before he left, he only had one convert the whole time. Only one convert. Only one person had accepted Jesus Christ. And uh, and then just a few years later, there was a group of other missionaries that came over there. And they found George Smith's Bible. And it had been left in Africa. And then through the notes that he had written in his Bible and everything, they found and met the one convert of his ministry. And upon talking to that convert, they then discovered that George Smith's one convert had reached a few others with the good news of Christ. And those, in turn, had reached others. One man, one convert. Now listen to this. And it was discovered that over 13,000 people had accepted Christ. And this man only reached one convert. But as this one convert reached a few more, then they took off. They reached a few more. They reached a few more. But in just several years, over 13,000 people had heard the message of Jesus Christ through one man. So that still gives me hope. Because when I preach, I preach Jesus Christ. The Son of God. The Savior of the world. The one who came to deliver you from destruction. And a lot of people look at, what do you mean deliver me from destruction? Even the Bible says that we were delivered from destruction or we were delivered from the gates of hell by the blood of Jesus Christ. But over 13,000 people had accepted Christ and that was traced back they, they kept looking and going back. That was traced back to the ministry of George Smith's one convert who had continued to spread the good news even after that missionary had died. He continued on with that work. And like I said, it, it grew and it grew and it grew. In Isaiah chapter 54, 52 verse 7 it says, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that brings good tidings. That's the preachers that brings the word of God to the people. It says that publishes peace, that brings good tidings of good, that publishes salvation, that says unto Zion or Israel, your God reigns, our God does reign. He is still on the throne. He is still reigning over everything that goes on. Nothing, like I said, takes God by surprise. It may take us by surprise, but it does not take God by surprise. He knows it's going to happen before it ever happens. There was one other man that as I was reading, I thought about him. And we all know him. His name was Noah. Listen to what it says. Noah was called a preacher of righteousness. Noah. In 2 Peter 2.5, listen to what it says. 
And God spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person. There was eight people in Noah's family counting Noah. That was the only people that was saved and made it through the flood. Eight people. It says he was a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. The world was so full of sin and ungodly people, God destroyed it. God got tired of messing with it. You know, one day this earth will be destroyed again. This time it won't be by flood. You know, God made a covenant with us. When he, when he set the rainbow, he said that the earth would never be destroyed by flood. The earth will be destroyed by fire. You say, well, why would God burn the earth up? What's the deal? Why don't you know? Because this earth is so full a filthy, wicked sin that God's going to get rid of it. He's going to destroy it. It will be no more. We will be living in a place called the New Jerusalem. That's going to be the new earth. That's going to be our new home. The New Jerusalem. You know, and they seem to think right now that the New Jerusalem is ready to come down any time. God has already created it, they said, that any time God could call the new Jerusalem down. The Bible tells us Noah preached 120 years while he was building the ark. 120 years warning the people, repent of their wicked ways before it's too late. And in those 120 years, Noah never had a single person come to God. Not one person. They laughed at Noah, made fun of him, mocked him. If you'll read on in that Bible, it says whenever God brought the flood and, and the animals were loaded on the ark, it's, what did it say? God shut the door on the ark. Nobody could get on it. Nobody was going to get off of it. People hollering, screaming, crying, let me on, let me on. They had their chance. Many people later on are going to scream and holler, God, forgive me, forgive me, but you know it's going to be too late. It's going to be too late. That reminds me of the ark. To me, Jesus Christ is our ark. We need to get with Jesus Christ right now. We need to get on board right now to Jesus Christ. He's the only thing that's going to save you. Get on board with Him. Be ready when everything takes place. But for 120 years, Noah preached and not one person ever came to God. They didn't believe Noah. Just like right now. I'm preaching to you, telling you the next big thing coming is the rapture. You can tell people that rapture, I don't believe. You will. You will. Just like if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, like I said, one day, just like the Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it's going to, even Satan is going to confess, Jesus, you are Lord. 
It's going to happen. Are we ready? I hope so. I hope I have not spent years here in this church preaching and nobody listening. I don't want to be like Noah to preach and tell you what's going to happen and then you don't listen. I know that probably 99.9% of you know the Lord Jesus Christ and you're saved. But what about that one other person that hadn't done it? Maybe it's a family member. I don't know. But you know, the Bible tells us that uh, Jesus is coming back and we had better be ready. You know, preaching about Noah, Noah is, is an example of those who faithfully sowed the seed of God. How many of us are faithful in sowing the seed of God to others? How many of us tell others about Jesus Christ? How many of us warn others, hey, He's coming back. Do you know Him? Have you accepted Him? Is He your Lord? You know, uh, Noah is an example. But you know, Noah didn't see any results. Maybe this is like you. Maybe it's like me. I sometimes I know that there are some people I've talked to and they have not accepted Jesus Christ. They didn't know Jesus Christ. Whether they have accepted Him yet, I don't know. But I know I've planted a seed. You have to plant a seed. That's the Word of God. Maybe you've told your family about Jesus. But yet none of them has come. Don't give up. You've told your friends about Jesus and not any of them have become a Christian. I've got friends out there I went to school with and have talked to. Oh, Bill, we know you've got your church there. We're going to come and see you. I want to hear you preach. I want to hear how you do it. I want to hear what you do. See, they knew me back when I was in high school. They knew me back when I was not me. I was somebody else. They said, I, want to, they said, I know you've changed. I can tell. But you know, those people that have told me, I'm going to come and I'm going to visit your church. I hadn't seen them yet. And that hurts. Because I said, oh God, please. Show them you're real. Show them you are God. Maybe you've invited your neighbors to come to visit your church. But no one has accepted your invitation. And they're not coming. Don't give up. Don't give up. Be like this one convert of George Smith. He didn't give up. As a result of what he did, 13,000 people came to know Jesus Christ. Because he didn't give up. He had that unshakable faith. You know, I would tell you right now, don't get discouraged. I got to admit, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I felt, but sometimes I get to that point, I get discouraged. Because I'm up here right now, I look out here, where are people? Where are they? I know some are scared to get out because of the virus. I know some and few are sick. But what about the others? 
What about the others? Where are they at? My heart hurts. My heart breaks. Because I don't see them out here. And I know judgment is coming. I know I've told them about Jesus. I know I've told them He's coming back. Why won't they believe? What is so hard? You know, I know that we've been told a lot of things that we actually don't know that much about, but we believe it. Why can we not believe that Christ is coming back? That there's going to be a judgment day. And those that do not know Jesus Christ is going to stand before the judgment seat of God. Now if you've accepted Christ, you've already been judged. And you were found not guilty. You mean I was found not Yes, when you accepted Jesus Christ, you were found not guilty of sin. Why? Because Jesus Christ took your sin and put it on Himself and gave you His righteousness. You're free. <coughs> You're clean. You have no sin. He's taken it away from you. He traded His righteousness for your sin. We have to remember keep telling people about Christ. Don't ever give up. I know Walter has a neighbor over there. She's been in church. As far as I know, well, she's told me she's accepted Christ. That's D. She came here for a little while. You know, I did her husband's funeral. She called me one day just to talk. She said, Bill, I know I haven't been at your church lately, but I've been going to a little church in Bridgeport with some of my relatives. She's by herself. and I, can, I mean, that's fine. I, I, that don't bother me as long as she's in church, as long as she's getting the Word of God. But she said, I just want you to know something. She said, knowing you and what you did for me, you changed my life. Now that made me feel good. But I'd, I'd like to see her here. I'd like to just know she's okay. I call her on the phone. I text her. Are you okay? Everything all right? There's a number of people that I still call. I come to, you know, I'll go to their homes and visit just to know they're okay. That everything is all right with them. But where are they? I always I get all kinds of excuses. I said, I missed you at church. Well, I've had this. I've done that. And I've been, I said, God needs to be number one in your life. He needs to be number one in all of our lives. Put God first. Then everything else will work out. The problems you've got now, God can take care of. We have to remember, Noah did not have one who believed or responded to him. Not one person. But you know, you're still hearing and they're still talking about him and his faith today. They're still talking about him. You're still hearing about Noah. Even though he didn't have a convert. 
But we still know how much Noah loved God. We know how much God loved Noah because Noah and his family was the only ones that survived the flood. He chose Noah and his family because of his love for them. And God's got such a strong love for each one of us. God watches over us. You know, I know there's times we go through a lot of different situations and we go through a lot of things, but we have to remember, God is with us. If God is with you and for you, who can be against you? Who can be against you when God's for you? You know, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7, it says that by faith, Noah being divinely warned, that means he was warned by God of things not yet seen. Nobody had ever seen a flood. Nobody knew what a flood was. But God told Noah, Noah, build an ark. God, God didn't, Noah didn't even know what an ark was. But God gave him the plans. And Noah obeyed God and built the ark. He believed God. He didn't doubt God. He did exactly what God said. It says, And being divinely warned by things not yet seen, he moved with godly fear and prepared an ark for the saving of his family or household by which he condemned the world. When he built that that ark, he condemned the world because of his faith in God and what God had said. And became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. See, we became heirs of Christ's righteousness because of our faith in him. We are told in Mark chapter 16 verse 15 and Jesus said unto his disciples go you into the world and preach the gospel to every man go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every man now you, me I doubt very seriously if we'll get out of Azel but Azel right now is our world that's where we're at that's where we live Everybody we can here in Azel, you need to tell them about God. This is your world. Go into your world <coughs> and preach the gospel. Tell them who Jesus is. Invite them to your church. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about his love. Tell them what he did on the cross for you. Tell them he's coming back. And are you ready if he does? Give them something to think about. Well, I'm I'm just not that bold. Well, I'll say to you, what if somebody hadn't told you about Jesus Christ? Where would you be today? I know where I'd be. I'd be on a fast track to hell. I know what I was like when I was growing up. I know what my life was like. And without Jesus Christ... I'd probably been the first in line at the judgment seat. But when I heard about Christ and I heard what He could do for my life, I believed it. And I said yes to Christ. I've been walking with Him ever since. It's been the greatest thing I've ever done. 
is accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I had a lady that used to always come when I was a kid in school and try to tell me about Jesus Christ. Sometimes I would see her pull up in the driveway. I'd run in the bedroom and go out the window. I ran. I would just, you know, it's just, oh, I just, oh, Reese, if you could just see me today and what God has done in my life. Because you and others believed and y'all told me about Jesus and what he could do. Oh, I'd like to just stand right in front of her and I know what would happen. She would grab me and hug me like there was no end. Jesus wants to grab you and hug you today. Just like he did me. He wants to pull you in. He wants to be so close to you. He wants to be your Lord. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to visit with you. He wants to give you instructions. He wants to tell you what's coming. Be ready. Be ready. Because I'm fixing to do this. I'm fixing to do that. And we need to know exactly what's going to happen. And you know, He's telling us right now through His Word in the Bible. We need to share that Word with others and tell them what's coming. Sure, there's going to be some that's not going to believe you. But what about that one that does and says yes to Jesus? And then that one goes and tells another. That one believes. Then that one tells another. That one tells another. Just like this here. That's what happened with George Smith's convert. He told them. Then they told others. And they told others. And they told others. And it ended up 13,000 people said yes to Jesus. I guess that's one reason I keep preaching. Because I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You did what I sent you to do. Most of the time, when a person leaves in here, they cannot tell me or they cannot go out and say, well, I've never heard anything about Jesus. Because if you come in here, you're going to hear something about Jesus. You're going to hear something about Jesus. Don't ever underestimate the power of God's Word. Don't ever underestimate the power of God's Word and what it can do in someone's life. When you, when you have sown the, the, the seed into others' lives. You, that's when you've told others about God, that's all you can do. You cannot force them to accept Jesus. You cannot force them to do it. But you can certainly put the Word in them. Just pray about what God would have you to say to them. You know, a lot of times in the morning when I'd get out, I'd go out, I'd sit in my, I'd sit in my vehicle and I'd pray, Lord, if there's someone out there today that you want me to speak to, bring them in. Let me meet them. You'd be surprised at how many people that I got to talk to about Jesus and they started the conversation. 
they begin to ask questions. And through the Holy Spirit, praise God, I had the answers they needed. But then, after you have talked to them about Jesus, then put it in God's hands. Say, Lord, I've done what you've asked me to do. Now it's up to you. It's up to God. You can plant the seed. But remember, when we plant the seed of God's Word, but it's God who waters that seed. It's God that makes that Word grow in that man's heart. And it's only God that can draw man to Him. It says that God will draw man to Him. So don't get discouraged if you see things happening in the life of people you've talked to. See, you have done your job, and now it's up to God. Don't get discouraged because you haven't seen them. I shouldn't get discouraged at times because I don't see them sitting out there. In God's time, they will be somewhere, even if it's not here. And that's what's important. If they receive God, get into His Word, and receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Our job is to be faithful to God and to tell others about Him and His love. That's our job, is just to tell others about God and His love. And then someday, when you do your part, you'll stand before God and just like what I said a while ago, you'll hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome home. Welcome home. When we obey God, God walks with you. He leads you. He guides you. His blessings are on you. His hand of protection is on you. God walks with you daily. He's always with you through His Holy Spirit. But whenever every opportunity you get, tell somebody about Jesus. Tell somebody. Somebody's wanting to hear it. You know, there's been some, a few that have come, I don't know where they're at now, but they said, you know, one reason I never came to church, nobody ever invited me. Nobody ever asked me. I didn't think anybody cared. Show somebody you care about them. Invite them to church. Let them know you care. I'm going to ask the band to come up. If you're here today, if there's something in your life that you're needing, or if you feel like that, God, there's some things I need you to do in my life. We've got an altar up here that you can come up and kneel at that altar. Come into the presence of God and ask Him whatever it is you will. I'll be glad to pray with you. But if there is something that you need today, God is here to answer you and to do what you need done. If you're going through something, you say, God, I need your help. God's here to help you. God's not going to force Himself on you. He wants you to invite Him.
to come in and live on the inside of you through His Holy Spirit. When you do that, you're never alone, but you've always got that Holy Spirit abiding in you and living with you, walking with you, guiding you, speaking to you, giving you advice. That's the Holy Spirit's job. So if you're here today, we have an altar that you could come to and, and, and kneel and talk to God. Or I'm going to be down front if you just need prayer. Need to be anointed with oil and prayed over. I'll be glad to do that. So if the band will. And then in a minute, we're going to do communion.